Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SupChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Cynical Podcast. And I'm Ada Shen in Paris. First, the news. A Chinese rights lawyer who made his name fighting against wrongful convictions is now contesting an official decision to revoke his license for, quote, improper remarks on the internet. Li Jinxing filed an appeal against the decision by Shandong authorities to take away his license to practice law over his online criticism of China's judiciary system. Officials said that his Weibo posts dating back to 2017 had included slanderous remarks about China's judiciary system, which violated China's lawyer's law. Li disputed this, telling Caixin his posts do not constitute an illegal act. Li is best known for defending activist Yang Maodong and for founding the Innocence Project of China, which has fought to overturn wrongful convictions. The Chinese government has said that the reason given by FedEx for its recent misdelivery of parcels sent from the telecoms giant Huawei, quote, does not match the facts. A government investigation also discovered other clues that FedEx had violated laws and regulations and will therefore continue digging into the company's practices in China, Xinhua has reported. An official investigation into FedEx was launched in June, after the American courier allegedly sent several Huawei parcels to the United States instead of their intended destinations in Asia, without Huawei's prior authorization. At the time, FedEx said that the rerouted packages had been, quote, mishandled. FedEx then drew further suspicion in China when it rejected a package containing a Huawei smartphone that was being sent from the UK to the US. FedEx attributed the incident to an, quote, operational error. Additionally, FedEx is suspected of having held more than 100 Huawei parcels marked for delivery to the Chinese mainland from overseas destinations, Xinhua said, without giving further details. Hong Kong picked the next head of its de facto central bank last week amid social unrest that has shaken the financial hub recently. Eddie Yue, who will become the chief executive of the Hong Kong Monetary Authority for a five-year term beginning October 1, 
said at a press conference that the city faces tremendous complexities and uncertain financial markets, and his team will strive to maintain Hong Kong's monetary and banking stability. The 54-year-old has been at the institution since 1993 and since 2007 has been a deputy chief executive responsible for reserves management, external affairs, and research. Over the past 10 years, he has also managed Hong Kong's exchange fund, the city's hoard of foreign exchange that plays a key role in the value of the Hong Kong dollar. Though many Chinese internet businesses and opinion leaders say they rack up tons of online views and likes, are all of them actually as influential as they claim to be? It's hard to say. Artificial traffic from both humans and machines has spread rapidly across the Chinese internet, and around 9 million people, roughly the population of Israel, have participated in a huge underground industry that fraudulently boosts web traffic for commercial purposes, according to Tencent. That's a problem because this artificially inflated traffic is linked to unfair competition that harms the legal rights of market players. The findings call to mind the recent case of a click farming company called Feiyi that inflated the viewing figures of two videos hosted on the Chinese platform iQiyi. As a result of Feiyi's actions, advertisers that placed commercials before or during the videos paid higher fees to piggyback on content that seemed popular, but that few people were actually watching. In addition, iQiyi paid higher broadcasting fees to the video's intellectual property owners as such fees are largely determined by the number of views. Tencent said that about 1,000 traffic-boosting companies exist in China, of which the largest 100 may post monthly revenues of up to $300,000 US. From your corruption roundup, Nur Bekri, the former head of China's National Energy Administration, pleaded guilty to accepting millions of dollars worth of bribes during a court trial that makes him the latest high-profile former official to fall foul of an ongoing government crackdown on corruption. Bekri, who is Uyghur, stands accused of abusing a number of government positions he occupied between 1998 and 2018 to receive bribes totaling $11 million. At the trial in Shenyang, he said he regretted his misconduct while in office. Meanwhile, the top banking and insurance industry regulator in Fujian province is under graft investigation, the Communist Party's anti-corruption watchdog said Friday. Qi Xinjiang, director and party chief of the Fujian Bureau of the China Banking and Insurance Regulatory Commission, is being investigated for severe violations in law and discipline, the graftbuster said in a statement. Qi, 52, is the second senior banking official to be placed under inquiry since the commission was formed in 2018 by combining the top banking and insurance regulatory bodies. In May, Zhao Rulin, a deputy head of the agency's Guangxi Bureau, was also investigated. Chinese telecom giant Huawei said that its 5G-ready smartphone, the Mate 20X, will formally go on sale on August 16th, marking the second launch of a handset supporting fifth-generation wireless technology produced by a Chinese company. The move comes after another major Chinese smartphone maker, ZTE, announced that it would begin taking pre-orders for its 5G model, the Axon 10 Pro. The launches come as Chinese companies seem to be accelerating the rollout of affordable 5G-ready products in a bid to attract users and thus boost market share. 
The Mate will start at $900 US, Huawei said, more than the $75 asking price for the Axon. By comparison, market leader Samsung has priced its flagship Galaxy S10 5G handset at more than $1,400. Interstellar Glory Space Technology has become the first private Chinese space company to successfully launch a rocket into orbit, marking an important milestone in the development of the country's commercial space industry. The launch took place from the state-operated Zhouquan Satellite Launch Center in northwestern China's Gansu province. China's private space companies have been vying to launch a rocket into orbit, but the company, also known as iSpace, has finally succeeded where two of its competitors have faltered. Launches by LandSpace and OneSpace both failed, triggering concern about the health of the country's private space industry. The spacecraft is transporting two satellites belonging to the Beijing Institute of Technology and a state-owned aerospace equipment maker. Eleven months after JD.com founder and chairman Richard Liu was accused of rape by a Chinese student at the University of Minnesota, the state's police force released materials collected during its investigation into the events of the controversial night that embroiled the e-commerce billionaire in a scandal. The cache of written audio and video materials includes testimonies from Richard Liu, his accuser, 22-year-old Chinese student Jingyao Liu, or Liu Jingyao, and several witnesses. It also contains surveillance video footage from the apartment building where Jingyao Liu alleges the rape took place, as well as text messages that she sent to a friend asking for help. Minnesota prosecutors decided in December not to press felony charges against Richard Leo because of insufficient evidence, concluding a three-month investigation. Prosecutors said they had concerns about proving the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Jingya Liu filed a civil lawsuit that accused Richard Liu, whose name in Chinese is Liu Qiangdong, of civil assault and battery, false imprisonment, sexual assault, and rape. She is also suing JD.com for vicarious liabilities. Some details in the released materials went viral last week. Some people posted sexual details contained in the materials on social media, while some commenters speculated that extortion was the motive behind Jingyao Liu's accusations. In an exclusive interview with Taishin, Jingyao Liu said that she had, quote, never consented to having sex with the tycoon. Thanks, Ada. Support for this week's show comes from Brattle Street Educational Counseling. Stressed out about college applications? Brattle Street Educational Counseling can help. They provide guidance throughout the whole process and offer workshops for students looking to work in small groups at a rigorous pace. The workshops include hours of one-on-one attention. From college essays to standardized test prep to interviewing and applications, Brattle Street offers support for any student. Brattle Street, B-R-A-T-T-L-E, street.com. Helping you get where you want to go. Let's turn, as we do each week, to some of Tyson Global's reporters and editors for a deeper look at one of the stories in the news. Uh, this week, we're speaking with Tianyu Fang, who's a reporter for Tyson Global, who's just started there very recently. Tianyu has been a prolific freelancer uh, and has written for many English-language publications, including our own SupChina. Tianyu, you've got a story this week about this guy, Justin Swin. I don't know much about him, just that he's that cryptocurrency guy who's been talking up the Warren Buffett charity lunch. Uh, but from the story uh, that you have, he's apparently in some real hot water. So give us the skinny on this guy. 
Oh, well, Justin Sun is probably one of the most controversial entrepreneurs uh, on the Chinese internet. He is a 29-year-old founder of Tron Foundation, a blockchain company whose cryptocurrency was ranked the 10th uh, by market cap, or at least it was. So Sun has very mixed reputation. When he first launched Tron in August 2017, he raised about $30 million through uh, initial coin offering, also known as ICO. But when the Chinese government banned cryptocurrencies in China and wanted tokens returned to investors, uh, Sun said he did not want to, uh, although ultimately he did under pressure. Um, so Vitalik Buterin, uh, the developer of Ethereum, accused Tron of plagiarism. And many people who are skeptical of Tron's technology saw uh, Sun as a, as a fraud. And that included Wang Xiaochuan, uh, CEO of Sogo, who called Sun a uh, swindler. Uh, Li Xiaolai, famous Chinese investor, also called him a cheat. Uh, but if there's one thing that Sun is good at, it's marketing himself. Uh, in June, he made headlines after winning a lunch with Warren Buffett uh, with a record bid of more than about uh, $4 million. And the money was a donation to the Glides Foundation in San Francisco. And he sent invitations to prominent blockchain developers and entrepreneurs. Uh, and even uh, the, the crypto evangelist even went as far to invite President Donald Trump to his lunch. Well, Donald Trump apparently did not respond for good reasons. So the clock was ticking. The rendezvous was supposed to take place on July 25th, but Sun apparently caught it off on Tuesday. Why? Because of uh, Sun's kidney stones, according to the Trump Foundation, whose tweet suggested that the lunch would be rescheduled to a different date. Kidney stones. Um, but Taishin reported that Sun, whose exact whereabouts have been unclear, had been barred from leaving China since June 2018 over allegations including illegal fundraising, money laundering, gambling, spreading pornography, and so on. So he's actually on the border control list, according to Taishin's sources. So he's quite the character then. Uh, sounds like things have not gone exactly as planned for him. Uh, so tell us first, what is this border control list that you just referenced? So a, a border control list is more like a travel ban, right? So if you are a Chinese citizen and you're subject to certain legal restrictions in China because of lawsuits and you basically can't leave China. And although Sun's company in Beijing said he was in China, he actually live-streamed a video on Twitter on Wednesday showing that he was actually in San Francisco. So Tyson's report was, quote, untrue, and he said with much confidence. But his confidence didn't last long. Only a day later, he issued a letter apologizing for, quote, over-marketing Buffett's annual charity, charity event. He wrote, Because of the immaturity of my words and actions, the Buffett lunch gradually evolved into out-of-control over-marketing, resulting in many consequences that I had not expected at all. And in the letter, he kept praising authorities. It can be said that without care and guidance of the regulatory agencies, there will be no healthy development of the blockchain industry today. Absolutely nothing smells fishy here. Uh, yeah, all perfectly above board. Uh, so what else did he say? Did he mention the, the travel ban? So Sun didn't comment on the travel ban in his Thursday letter, but industry sources told Tyson that Sun has been living outside of China this year, and that might explain why he was present at several events outside of the country. Yet there still are many mysteries in Sun's roller coaster ride. So is this story over then? Like apparently he's in trouble with the government, regulatory agencies, whom he praised so highly of. So it's not over for him then? No. 
Well, let's get you back on and follow up on this story. Thank you for having me, Kaiser. And thanks to you, Tianyu, for your excellent contributions both to SubChina and now to Caixin Global. They're lucky to have you. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Caixin Cynic Business Brief is powered by SubChina and is produced by Kaiser Guo and Tanner Brown with stories from the staff of Caixin Global. Thanks, of course, to Ada Shen. Special thanks to Li Xin of Caixin Global and to Spring and Autumn and Wu Fei for the music. Be sure to check out all the other shows about contemporary China in the expanding Seneca network. And be sure to follow the news from China every day at SUP China. Subscribe to our newsletter at SUPChina.com. Take care. <laughs>